Okay, here we go again. It's another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast uh, with your host, David Lovell, joined for this episode by Larry Sternshine. Larry, how's it going today? Good, David. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Delighted to have you on from uh, Colorado. Correct, yeah, just outside of Denver. And you moved to Colorado not so long ago. Yeah, I moved two years ago, uh, November, two years ago, uh, from Illinois, just outside of Chicago, where uh, I spent the better part of 41 years of my life. I'm 43 now, so gives you an idea. And um, yeah, also my wrestling fandom, was Illinois fandom. Unfortunately, in Colorado, there's not much in the way of wrestling. Um, they've got Rocky Mountain Pro where uh, my friend's actually training. She um, started last year training, and uh, she's doing pretty good. She's getting gigs and stuff. So, you know, it's not like a, the worst place to learn how to, to wrestle. It's just not a big wrestling state. And you wrote briefly for the Northwest Herald, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Mid-2000s, there was a summer and a fall that I took over for... Um, the guy he was doing before, this guy, Al Agatola, he um, was a friend of mine that, big wrestling fan, uh, started a website about wrestling, and he needed more time to do his normal job. So I took over for a little bit until they decided nobody listened or read it, and then <laughs> I stopped doing it. Which was fun, though. I, I got a nice, decent little paycheck. I got to talk about wrestling every week. That's pretty sweet. Pretty cool gig. And you did some minor backstage help during shows as well? Yeah, um, AEW in Chicago, back when they were running Berwyn all the time, uh, I was doing just minor backstage stuff, and then wrote a little bit for their website. Uh, the internet wasn't quite a thing, um, websites weren't quite as they are now, so if you were to actually go see some of the early website work I did for them, it's a lot different. I had to like make up all this stuff. You know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, when you read an article and you find out that the author just made stuff up and had no frame of reference. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much what I had to do right. for some of that stuff because I didn't. I knew Danny Daniels, um, who was running the promotion, and I never really would ask him questions. I just sort of made stuff up, and I'm pretty sure nobody read it anyway, so it didn't really matter. But it was fun. Um, and what do you do now? Do you just do you do anything in that uh, regard now, or not really? No, no. Um, like I said, here in Colorado, there's really not much. I just support my friend who's wrestling. Uh, quick plug: her her name is Lilith Grimm. She's new, but she's getting pretty good. Um, Lilith Ram. Yeah, like, what's that? Was that Lilith, Lilith Ram? Did you say Lilith, Lilith Grimm? G R I M. Oh, okay. She's uh, doing pretty good. Um, she did something I never thought I would. I, I mean, I've been in wrestling. I've known people in wrestling for my entire life, and you know, I'm pretty proud of her for actually doing it instead of being me who just watched it. <laughs> and you apparently you went to high school with Colt Cabana. <laughs> this is true. And, and you know what the funniest thing about it? We didn't really like hang in the same group or anything. But years later, I saw a picture of. Uh, Cole Cabana and CM Punk, um, Ace Steel, Dave Prezak, 
in uh, Under Green Mid South. And I was like, that guy looks familiar. And uh, figured out it was from someone from high school. And we, like, like I said, we never talked or anything. But, you know, somehow our paths ended up crossing after high school more than it did in high school. You know, so that's kind of a fun little factoid. I mean, Colt was. Colt's really been sort of a pioneer when it comes to the podcasting world, especially with wrestlers doing podcasts, because I think he was really the first one to to really do it, wasn't he? One of the first ones. Yeah, I really enjoyed his show, and I think when I re- realized how um, far-reaching it was when he was doing other people's shows and um, talking about that podcast thing, I was just like, this is uh, pretty cool. Not like everyone has one, except for me. <laughs> well, there's still time. You Probably. can start one. Yeah, actually, I'm thinking of starting one next year, but it won't be wrestling related. It'll be something else. But I'll be sure to let people know oh, when it is. Do, yeah. But um, yeah, actually, this is the second time I've gotten to do audio. I did my first ever podcast uh, about a month ago while I also had COVID. <laughs> so then it's. Whenever I listen to that episode, it'll always remind me of being one of the people that actually got COVID. So it's been quite a year. You heard the you heard the first podcast I did with uh, JD and Joey, so you knew, you pretty much know the drill. You know uh, the format. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually excited because I don't like talking to myself about myself very often, but I do love talking about wrestling. So. I figure, I feel like, let's just do it. Let's, uh, let's talk about it, you know? Should be fun. So what is your earliest memory of wrestling? So my earliest memory of wrestling is Saturday Night's main event. It's the, uh, number fifth, the fifth one from 86. So I'm eight years old at the, at this point. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, um, it's Hogan and I, I had to look it up. He wrestled Magnificent Morocco, and after the match, or during the match, King Kong Bundy comes in, and him and Morocco just destroy Hogan. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he uh, gets avalanched by King Kong Bundy. He's laid out, and I am in tears. I'm literally just like, this is the saddest thing I've ever had to deal with, because you know, he's, he's Hogan. He's like the guy. He's my hero, he's everyone's hero, and he's getting beat up, and I, it's something I just didn't quite understand, but, um, I go to my mom, she's in the kitchen, I'll never forget this, she sits me down, and says, you know, wrestling isn't real, he's gonna be okay, and, that actually kind of lit a spark in me, I think, um, because, I then started to like look at wrestling a little bit differently as more of like just another TV show that I was watching. And I started to get more into like the storylines and whatnot. So I think that actually what helped me stay in wrestling were a lot of my friends, they eventually got a little bit older. They, there was two kids for them or whatnot, but I just kept watching it just cause I was just so fascinated by wrestling and, and the different characters and, all because of my uh, my mom letting me know what you know she's like basically telling me that Santa isn't real before I realized Santa 
wasn't really you know what I mean so it's really yeah. weird to think about but it's actually the best thing that ever happened to me in terms of wrestling fandom well the next question is which wrestlers captured your imagination as a kid so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming one of them was Hulk Hogan then you said that Hulk Hogan was your hero at that point yeah I, I loved Hogan I watched so my memory people realize that Showtime aired Wrestlemania 2 um, and my mom recorded it for me and I watched that tape so so many times. Oh, that was Hogan and Bundy, wasn't it? Yeah, Hogan and Bundy. Looked at three different places. One of them was in Chicago, which I didn't even realize at the time because I didn't know that you could go to these things. Um, but I watched the heck out of that tape. And the match that I loved that wasn't the Battle Royal was that uh, tag team with the British Bulldogs. And that's how I got into tag team wrestling. So when I, when I was a kid, tag team wrestling was like the thing. I thought that was the coolest because you got to do the double teams, you know, and I found the matches more exciting. So that was, um, I'll never forget that match. And then eventually got really into um, the Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. And in the Heart Foundation, I loved Bret Hart. He was... There's something about him that it just drew me to, um, especially when he started doing more singles matches. I'll never forget when I was watch. I would watch primetime wrestling every Monday, like clockwork, every week. And for some reason, they always showed a Bret Hart Benus Brown match that always went to a time limit draw. And I was every time they would say, "There is no winner; it's a draw." But I was like, "This time, Bret Hart's going to win by points." It never happened. But it's just those little things. Just yeah, just from there. I just I don't know. Bret Hart was also my guy growing up too, and uh, which is strange because it's the land of the Giants, it's WWF, and he's a little bit smaller. But I think I I, I just like the movements more. It was more exciting than some of that other stuff, you know. So that he was also my guy in, uh, growing up. And do you remember the first live event you attended? Yeah, it was. Um, Spring Stampede '94. Huh. So that one was Flare and Steamboat. Yeah, Flare Steamboat. If you're listening and you haven't gone back and ever watched that pay-per-view, it's one of the best that's ever been. There's um, Steve Austin wrestles the Great Buddha. Mm-hmm. There's yep. the was it Nasty uh, Boys and Max Payne and Cactus Jack brawl. That was not unlike <laughs> anything I've ever seen before. Um, so many great matches. There's blood on it. It's just, uh, I'll never forget there. And, and the funny thing is, um, I went to that show with uh, Dave Prezak and a friend, Nathan. Now, Dave Prezak, he runs Shimmer. He uh, did a lot of managing work. did us commentary a lot for uh, different promotions, GCW and things like that. So he was somebody that I was friends with at a young age, which also helped me continue my wrestling fandom just with somebody else. That I was finally friends with that loved wrestling as much as I did, you know. So we we got to that show and it was just amazing. That that whole thing. I mean, I can say I saw a Flair Steamboat match live, which is pretty cool. And okay, it wasn't you know the, the classics like it was in you know, 89 but uh, it was still pretty damn good that match. Still, oh yeah, still Flair Steamboat. Yeah, you know, I, I, the match was really good, but like. There's something about seeing Flair 
Live, Steamboat Live, Sting Live. I mean, that was that was a good time period. That was Rick Rude. Who did Sting? Who did Sting work with on that show? He wrestled uh, Rick Rude. Ah, okay. Was that when they were and, doing the the champion versus champion thing? Was that around uh, that time? Or was that? It, um, it was for the international title when yeah, it was just the international right. title. Because Rick had the yeah. Rick Rude had the big gold belt, didn't he, at the time? Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, it's funny too. Um, remember on Twitter they had that one Twitter account that was just Rick Rude getting uh, tower drops, and I love Rick Rude tower drops. And to see one of those live, I, I'm pretty sure I popped huge. You actually, you can see me throughout the whole show because I'm like on the camera side. So like you can actually see me throughout the whole show. It's <laughs> kind of fun. After so I like, look that one up on the network. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty fun. Sometimes I look and go, just think like, man, I had some giant glasses. Um, it was just, <laughs> you know, '94. You know. At any point, you know, obviously you were a fan from I'm, I'm guessing right from 86 till today but was there any point where you lost interest or you stopped watching wrestling yeah um, I'm trying to think uh, when, I, when I saw that question originally there's always been some sort of wrestling that I've I've uh, been watching there's um, it's like uh, when I was growing up uh, in, the, in the 90s I was lucky enough to be a part of like inter- the internet, like the growing internet phase. So I was on Prodigy, um, AOL. That's where I met uh, people like Bob Ryder, who just passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. And because of, of that, I made friends who are also really into wrestling. And eventually, I found other friends in wrestling. When I was in college, it was the Attitude Era, which is like everyone in college watched the WWE and WCW feud like every week so I had somebody there and then eventually I had my current crew that I've been friends with since 2001 so we're always watching a pay-per-view or something but there was a there was a period where I stopped going to shows indie shows I can't remember the exact time period uh, but it was like three four years um, where I just I had other things going on you know, I got married, um, things just didn't quite work out for going to shows, so I just kind of went away, I, I wasn't really getting PWG tapes or anything like that, so there, since I used to go to all these indie shows with my friends that I have now, like I had to meet Mid-South and whatnot, AEW, worked with them for a bit, like I said earlier, I just wasn't into it, I watched WWE pay-per-views and that was about it. Um, that was about, I want to say, 2009 right. to 2014, maybe? Yeah, I think it was about there. That I just, just watched WWF, and I wasn't really that into it other than the pay-per-views. Because I didn't, I didn't have cable, really. So I never got to watch Raw. So there was, you know, it's kind of kind of strange I, I think I look back and I'm like what was I even doing because I'm wrestling with something I would always do you know and what are your viewing habits now what do you typically watch from week to week well so I got back into wrestling started going to indie shows actually it, it's funny um so I went to an AEW show 
or outside Chicago. I've been a while since I've been to an indie show. And there was a six-man main event. And I can't remember who was in it, other than I know Aaron Fox was in it for sure. And Ray Phoenix was in it. And Ray Phoenix was amazing. That dude blew my mind. Uh, he was just doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, I guess you would call it a spot fest. And I think I was sort of like anti-spot fest for some reason, or anti-moves. I was that guy. And uh, seeing that stuff live, I was like, you know what this is? This thing is just fun. It's just fun. Like, I don't have to take it seriously. There's no reason to. If, uh, you know, whether it's a psychological match or they're doing a million flips, like, it doesn't really matter to me. It's just fun, right? So Ray Phoenix was, like, the guy that got me back into it. Like, this is great stuff. So from there, I started getting into New Japan. Um, started going to more indie shows again, watching stuff. And then um, I was a big Kenny Omega fan. He's, like, one of my favorite guys of all time. He got the him with uh, the matches in New Japan. So when I found out that AEW was going to start, I was so excited. And I... Literally been watching all their stuff ever since. So basically, my viewing habit now is I watch AEW, and that's it for TV. I watch New Japan shows. I had the network for a while. I want to start getting into Noah. You know, I watch the WWE pay per view occasionally with my friends on Zoom, but they're not that great uh, compared to like AEW pay per views, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there was no AEW, though, I'm like, I don't even know if I'd really be watching much wrestling. So, that, that's pretty much my show. And, um, talking to people online about it during the, the show time on Wednesdays is a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoy putting the thread up and, and, and seeing what people have to say each week. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's funny. It feels like I've been a part of that group for years. Like, everyone there is so nice. Um, that's another... I think that's one of the reasons why I don't think I'm ever not going to be into wrestling because I'm going to have people I know either in my life or online that also loves it. And it's a place to talk about it. And how do you stop, how do you stop falling in love with something if... You're talking about it all the time, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, and as and like you say, I mean, I, I haven't been a member of the group for very long, but I feel like I've been there for, you know, years because uh, everyone just gets on so well, and we we're obviously all very like-minded, and we all love wrestling, and uh, it's a great sort of community to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, one of my favorite guys right now is in that group, uh, Paul. Um, Paul Fontaine. Paul Fontaine? Yeah. Dude, I, I love that guy. He cracks me up because he's got really good thoughts. He does, um, yeah. But then he says, like, just, like, weird stuff that I don't get. And I, I just, I talk to him about it, and it just, it makes me laugh. And But, like, he's, he's definitely, like, a highlight of, of the group. But everyone there is so great. And Garrett, who runs it, has really made me feel uh, well comfortable yeah. speaking about anything there. So, you know, it's, it's how, I mean, there's no reason. No way that I'm ever going to not watch wrestling anymore. You know what I mean? There's so much. I'm hoping that Paul will come on the show. He hasn't uh, agreed to yet, but... Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm on it for sure. I'd love I'll to get him. 
I'd love to get him on. If, if you're listening to this, Paul, come on the show. But um, so yeah, I want to just run through the these rapid fire questions then. So, your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, it would be Shawn Michaels. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say after what you said earlier. I, I thought you were going to say Brett, but but Shawn. Well, yeah, it's kind of funny when you say that, but like, if we had like two hours, I would go year by year of like everything that's ever happened to me, but. Uh, you know, those are some of the things that stuck out. But when Shawn Michaels came back after being hurt, oh yeah, that's that's the Shawn Michaels that I fell in love with. Um, yeah, it was I was just sorry, go on. Go on. Oh, that, I'm sure you're gonna say what I was gonna say. Go I was just gonna say I was always a Brett guy, but when when Shawn came back in in 2002, it was a different Shawn, wasn't it? It wasn't the same Shawn Michaels that was a let's be honest, was a dick in the, in the 90s. Yeah. He was a different guy, you know, and he was he was yeah. always a great performer, but his his head was in the right place and he just had great match after great match and he from like 2002 right through to when he retired in, what, 2011? Yeah, so, yeah. Boy, we really missed out on a uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Shawn Michaels match, didn't uh, we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Sean and AJ Styles. Oh, yeah, right? Ugh. They almost had that too, didn't they? That they yeah, I think that was teased. Was that the Royal Rumble in San Antonio? They were talking about that, I think. Ugh. A couple of years yeah, ago. I'm, you could probably go in there right now and give us a great match. Well, to be honest, if you look at that match in Saudi, that, uh, well, was, they don't count. that was terrible. But the best guy in it by a mile was Shawn Michaels. And oh, of course. He was still, you know, he was still good in that match, even <laughs> though it was a train wreck. But, yeah. Um, your favorite match of all time? Uh, my favorite match of all time. I don't know if I have an answer to this, but I have to say the first thing that comes to my head is probably the war games between the Dangerous Alliance and Sting's Sting Squadron. Yeah, great match. That match is so awesome. You know what's funny? They're, so, uh, was it uh, Garrett and John... John LaRocca? John LaRocca are doing the 1992... WCW shows, but they're doing the second half. And I was like, how did they not do the Dangerous Alliance for like a whole year? <laughs> like they did it and then it ended like in like six months or, or sooner. It's like, what a weird, like if they did that now, that thing would be going on for like, like a year or something. So that kind of blows my mind, the difference between wrestling then and now, I think. That was a great group, though, when you think about it. You had, obviously, Steve Austin, who was the future of the business, even though they didn't really see it. Uh, he clearly was. Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zbysko. You know, just, just absolutely great. And oh, yeah. let's not forget Medusa as well, obviously. But And then Paul Lee. Well, the... <laughs> but yeah, it, that was one of my favorite factions of all time. And like you say, oh, their, their run was not very long at all. When you think about I it. I, it, a lot of it has to be um, Bill Watts because he came in shortly after, and then he wanted to do the NWA thing. It, yeah, I mean, I loved it. Like WCW in ninety two, ninety three, ninety four is my favorite time period of all time, um, just because of all the great matches and Rick Rude and Sting and Flair coming back and Steve Austin, Hollywood Blondes. That's my favorite period of time in wrestling by far. And the best show you ever attended live? Spring Stampede 94. Yeah. Though, 
the second best show I've ever been to is the Ted Penny Invitational 2004 from IWA Mid-South. Um, that is the greatest wrestling tournament weekend I've ever been to because the talent on that weekend was unbelievable because they had uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Brian Danielson were in the finals. The Punk was on the show. There was um, Chris Candido debuted at that show um, after being gone for a while. Um, if you ever want to go back and just see a, a who's who before they were stars, that's yeah. like the show to watch. It's unbelievable. So those are the two things I've, I attended that are the best ever. And you own a piece of the old IWA Mid-South Bell as well, don't you? I do. I do. In <laughs> fact, uh, I was at a show... Um, I always forget who broke it and what the reason was for. Um, somebody told me online what it was, but I can't remember. But my uh, friend actually turned it into a belt buckle. I'm actually looking at it right now. So, I don't know, it's kind of a fun little thing to, to, to have that I created into a belt buckle in it than everyone. But, like, you know, like, what a cool little piece of memory that I'll have. I mean, I've had some weird memorabilia in my life. Uh, this is not even the weirdest, but um, it's pretty cool to have. And if you could change one thing about the business, just one thing, what would it be? Vince uh, McMahon retires. I think I'm going to get that answer a lot. I feel I'm going to get that answer a lot because I think WWE, if you look at the talent they've got, it's amazing how much they squander it. You know, and I think, yeah, I think I would follow WWE a lot more closely if they actually booked people right and actually, because I mean, if if you look at it, I mean, look at the guy at Ricochet. Oh yeah, he's can't miss surely, but yet they've blown it with him. And Cesaro I, should have been a oh, main yeah. eventer for sure. Well, remember when he won that uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Yeah, my friends were like marked out huge because we're like, oh yeah, this is it now, and then they did nothing with him, and that guy's. Like, if he went to AEW, that dude would be, like, their biggest star, probably. Oh, for sure. When, when he won that Battle Royal and, and they made him a Paul Heyman guy, I thought the natural thing to do would be to have him go against Brock at that next year's WrestleMania. But, of course, they went with Roman. I think if you put Cesaro in that spot, he would have gotten over. Probably. But, that match would have been amazing. It would have been. But then, you know, he goes into the Royal Rumble and gets thrown out by Brock in like 10 seconds this year and I'm like this is this is, could have been you know a great know. Wrestlemania match like 5-6 years ago but now it's just I don't know we could be here all day just going off yeah, on, on but, yeah I'm sure that's going to be the, the number one thing um, people say just because of like uh, we were talking today on the radio um, that um, if you're from NXT and you get called up just you're done it's over well, guys want to go back now. I mean, I, I heard that Alistair Black wanted to go back to NXT. They told him no. They're like, no, you're doing just fine. You're doing Oh, he's doing great, yeah. He's doing <laughs> But, I mean, if you look at how well Finn Balor's done, though, since he went back to NXT. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, he unfortunately got hurt, but he was having a hell of a run. Um, he's had... I mean, I don't follow WWE that closely, but I have, I have obviously watched the pay-per-views and I've watched the takeovers for NXT, and... I think Finn Balor's had a great year. I mean, he's had a couple of really great matches. The one he had with Carl O'Reilly, I don't know if you saw that on the takeover. I did uh, not, but I heard it was brutal. 
it was a hell of a match and I even went out of my way to see the Adam Cole match as well that was on NXT because that was a fantastic match but uh, uh, yeah but yeah I was but, gonna, sorry to say it real quick that I was really into NXT for a while um, but uh, AEW just like squashed that room real fast. <laughs> I would say NXT probably has a stronger roster in terms of in ring, in ring rate than oh. AEW. But yeah, I would agree. Their women uh, they have in NXT and WWE are head and shoulders above AEW, but they're trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the questions I have. Uh, but we, we obviously we could talk a lot longer. Um, I would love to have you back at some point. Sure. Well, what's the next thing going to be like? Uh, I don't know. How did you um, cure the wrestling bug? I don't. I don't, I don't know. Really I don't know. I'll have to. <laughs> I, I've got quite a few of these to do, but uh, I'll have to try and uh, work out what the next uh, the next stage will be. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I just enjoy sitting here and uh, talking to guys that are like minded and, and enjoy the business as much as I do. So. Uh, while yeah, listening to everyone too. While I while I've got you here, let's talk a little bit about um, last night's show then, because you said you're a big fan of Kenny Omega, and and uh, I just wonder what you thought of the match he had with um, Moxley last night. So I I watched that match. So okay, so before the match started, Sting had come out. I'm also a huge Sting fan. He's in my top five, and I'm like already excited for that main event but I'm like I feel like I'm bouncing off the walls I'm like if there was like uh, like a pole in the room I'd probably like clothesline it I was that excited and um, the match happened and it was really good but there was too many commercials like I don't right. watch during picture yeah. picture that's the one thing I don't like well if I watch I rather... if I watch it live which means staying up till 3am for me but if I watch it on the on the fight app obviously you don't get the uh, picture and picture you just get normally and um in fact jr and tony and excalibur they carry on the commentary as well for the anyone watching right the fight app. i'm kind of jealous i wish that was live but i mean it is what it is but i think it kind of ruined the flow a little bit because i think going in they probably knew they had to work through those picture and pictures but once the match really got going it was really good there was one v trigger he gave uh, Moxley near the end of the match that I thought it's going to knock him out. It like, looked like it nailed him right in the face. It was pretty incredible. Um, but uh, I didn't realize it was going to be a match that ended in a huge angle like that, though. No, I wasn't um, expecting that. I mean, is, it, is that going to make you go and watch uh, Impact next week, or can you even get, can you get access TV? So what I found out um, during the... Um, the fact that I'm able to talk to people about shows during what they're going on. You can watch uh, Impact on Twitch, which is a oh, streaming I service. Think can, I think you can watch it on, on Fight as well, having said that. Oh, it's possible. So, yeah, I mean, of course I'm probably going to tune in and, um, the best I can. Hopefully they work on Twitch like you, they have been able to do every week, apparently. Because um, I want to know what Omega has to say. Um, you know, it's funny when you look back at they um, had Don Callis on it a couple of times. I was like, oh, that's cool that he's coming in for Omega and stuff. Like, you look back and you know, like, of course there's going to be an angle, but like, you don't think about it. Well, yeah, I mean, you we, know? when I did the show with Joey and, and uh, JD on Tuesday night, we, we were talking about 
that very thing, the fact they had Don Callis. And I said, well, do you reckon they might do an impact <laughs> crossover at any point? And the very next night, that's what they did. And I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see because I couldn't tell you was even on Impact. I had to look up who their champion was. Um, as much as I think Rich Swan is a good wrestler and everything, he's I don't see him like making any sort of difference for AEW and whatnot. So I really don't know what the end game is here. Well, no, but it creates all these possibilities. I mean, imagine the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks, for example. Well, I was just thinking the, the two guys. We're most excited about this have to be Gallows and Anderson because they screwed up originally because they really wanted to do the AEW thing, but they chose money. And now they're like, oh, this is our second chance finally, you know? So, like, they're probably the most pumped about all this. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see, though. It's, I, it's ex- you know what, though? It's exciting because even if it's Impact or NWA, it's just like it's something new. This could be a different matchup. Because, I mean, everyone's uh, throwing out that invasion word, but I don't see it as an invasion. I see it as, as Tony Khan trying to bring back some territorial wrestling again. I mean, if you look at the work they were doing with NWA as well, when they had Thunder Rosa come in and defend the... Well, they've actually got the title on the AEW talent, haven't they? Because it's now on Serena Deeb, who's signed to AEW. Yeah. So they're already, they've already worked with NWA. Now they're going to work with Impact. So yeah, it's a very exciting time and hopefully once the pandemic is over we'll start to really see more of this going on, yeah. going on and, and maybe even involving New Japan as well and yeah, I think it's really exciting what could... The only thing that would have got me more excited last night is if uh, Okada came out to challenge Omega. I think that's the only other thing that would have been more exciting than what we got but you know, one, one can only hope for stuff like that. But uh, you know what, though? It's a very exciting time for, for uh, anybody that's a fan of AEW, a fan of not WWE wrestling. <laughs> I mean, it's a good time. It's amazing to to think about like where we were pre-pandemic versus now and how storylines and how they do shows have changed. Um, it's kind of... They've done a really good job, I think, of adapting to the whole situation, which is kind of neat. Obviously, 1997 was the last time the WBF was, was playing number two, as it were, when WCW was winning the ratings war. Do you foresee a time in the future where WWE could be number two again? Uh, I don't think so. No, I, um, I can't see it. As, as big as AEW is getting, I just can't see it. I think the I think uh, best case scenario for AEW and WWE would be they just sort of meet in the middle. Like, the ratings went up as, uh, as far high as it can go, and then people just keep leaving WWE. I think it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to... I don't think there's that much of a crossover between the two promotions, to be honest. Um, but uh, if enough people stop watching WWE, then I can see them getting even. But I don't see it being like, AEW is like the biggest thing in the world, and WWF is the second biggest in the world. But it, the way TV is now, it just doesn't allow it. It's different. No, absolutely, I agree with you. But AEW is is just, I think they're doing really well. Uh, I can't think of many negatives I could come up with when it comes to AEW. Um, 
I think they they get they're getting it right for the most part. I know you know we talked earlier about the the Freds on the Wednesday night and everybody talking when the show's on. I know occasionally you find that people are a little bit too negative at times. Is that a, is that a fair comment? Uh, well, if you if you look on Twitter, then yeah, you just assume everybody just hate watches wrestling, and uh, but like I feel like though when you talk to the people that you normally talk to, uh, it's a lot more positive most of the time than negative. I know I know there was one week where you were uh, you felt that everyone was being a little bit too negative on the show. Well, um, looking back, they're probably right. I I. I feel like sometimes um, I think people nitpick too much in wrestling, but then I think about like me and WWF, WWE, I sometimes do the same thing because I'm not feeling their their shows and whatnot. But for the most part, though, I mean, people are positive. I mean, it's a two-hour show with like a bunch of different wrestlers on it. If you don't like one thing, something that's coming up next is completely different. So, you know, I think that's, I think ultimately people are happy with who are into wrestling. Uh, things are. If uh, you don't watch wrestling anymore, of course you're probably not going to like it so much. But you know, I'm pretty happy with how people react to things. Larry, it's been great having you on. Like I said, I'd love to have you back at, at some point. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to be back. Um, yeah, like I was saying before, like I look back at my my life in wrestling fandom and there's a lot of like things that I was just like there for I was there at the beginning of internet uh, and wrestling and I was there for the beginning of a lot of indie shows in, in the 2000, 2000s and one now so it'd be fun to kind of go back and relive some of those those moments and you know and stuff like that so this was uh, a really fun thing for me to do and I really appreciate you uh, even uh, asking me to be on because really I'm it's not like um, anybody famous or anything like that. It's just well, that's, really cool for you to do that. I mean, that's the whole the whole idea for this podcast was obviously the the fight game podcast Facebook group. Like like I said earlier, you know, we we're all really good friends there. We all we we all get on really well, and I just thought it'd be great just to talk to you one on one in this format it's, it's great chatting on the yeah. in the group but if we do a podcast yeah where i talk to each of you individually and and talk about wrestling that'd be great so that that was my whole sort of the whole premise if you like okay. for, for doing this podcast yeah i'm really excited to hear what uh, other people's experiences are because like i said when i was listening to the other one i was like oh yeah I had that same experience of going to the Rosemont Horizon, or someone's going to be like, yeah, I, this is when I first learned that wrestling is not what you thought it was, or stuff like that, and it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I've got a few, obviously there's a few fellow Brits, I'm not the only one, there's a few fellow Brits in the in the group, and uh, yep. we've got a, I think, a, a guy, a CJ from Australia as well, so it'd be good to get people from all over the globe, not just, obviously, the vast majority will be from the States, but it'll be great to have other people from other countries as well. Oh, yeah, hear cool. experience. But Larry, I mean, thanks a lot for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, uh, pleasure's all mine.